Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Truly, it's a joy to have you. Thanks for choosing Almost 30. We know you have 5 million podcasts out there to choose from, and there's usually a reason why you found us, so we're so glad you're here. Been doing this for about seven years now. We are actually best friends, and this show has been kind of a mirror for our own evolution. And the community that's formed along the way has been just incredible to connect with. So here we are. We love you guys. It was so much fun. We got to be with you recently at the class. So Lindsay and I are huge fans of the workout experience called The Class by Taryn Toomey. Natalie Kuhn is another fave with them. They've both been on the podcast and we got to do community events. So we did one in Los Angeles and we did one in New York City and it was just really beautiful to move our bodies together. And I think especially for us to bring a workout and experience that's so aligned with us, it was just great to connect with people. Yeah, we had been doing in-person events a little bit lately, but feel like we're getting into a little bit of a, a rhythm between the coasts, between the West Coast and the East Coast. And so we did a class on each coast the same week. And yeah, I forget the joy of doing something for the first time. So I've done the class a million times and love it. But in New York, at least, so many people that came were trying the class for the first time. So I was just like giddy with excitement because I know how powerful the practice has been for us. And so to see people experience it for the first time was just so cool. It's a cathartic experience. It is incredibly embodied. It's emotional. It's fun. It's celebratory. It's very deeply inward at times. So just an experience that I think when paired with just this idea of working out is the best of both worlds. So yeah, the New York crew is very fun. Some people hadn't even listened to the pod, which I also very much appreciated. Hey, nice <laughs> to meet you. They're like, sorry, who are you? And I was like, absolutely. Yep. I was yep. like, I'm, I'm nobody actually. <laughs> yeah. Keep me humble. <laughs> who are you? That's what I would do. <laughs> who are you is the thing. <laughs> it was very sweet typical avoidance it's so funny like it's like there's like a type of of woman that's like a older that does that it's like my mom vibe where it's like who are you should i know you <laughs> i've had people say that to me they're like should i know you i'm like no <laughs> you shouldn't absolutely not in our crew it was so fun like one of the girls that was there she brought her sister and her friends and they cruised in from WeHo and sometimes it can be tight like with traffic to get there by 5 30 and so you know when you're in traffic in LA you just come in like in a fucking puff of yeah. stress and so 
it was funny because they didn't know what to expect. They were coming in a puff of stress. And then we were just moving and dancing and having so much fun. And this girl that came, she was younger. And so she was kind of like the Gen Z lingo, which makes me so happy. She's like, Krista, you are a bad bitch. And I was like, yes, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. full 30s, just like, yes, bitch energy. Like, <laughs> so funny. I've been taking that with me wherever. But Pixie led it, which was really, really great. And we got to do like a really groovy summer playlist. I think my intention for it was to really celebrate summer and really step into like a pleasure filled summer with fun and just high energy and just to enjoy being together and moving our bodies because I think we all deserve a little bit of time off of the self-development personal growth game this summer and a little reprieve from all the work that we've been doing, a little reprieve from all the reading, from all the podcasts, except for this one, you can keep this one forever. And just all the things that we've been doing and just like enjoying our lives, enjoying the work that you've been putting in, enjoy the inner work, enjoy the outer work, and just have fun. I think that's a part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. If yeah, we're not actually enjoying it, what are we doing here? But yeah, thank you to the class. It was such a blast. In New York, we had a theme around cancer season, not the the depths of emotion part of cancer season, but really just that aspect of like taking care of ourselves as like a mother would, you know? So just being like super connected in a way that it's like, what do I need right now? Do I need to have a fucking good time and like close my laptop and go to happy hour. I don't know. But it was more so just that like we can we can tune in and take care. We don't always need to be at the mercy of kind of the buzz around us at times. And I think in New York especially that can happen. So it was really, really fun. And what's cool is that everyone who came to the class and now you listening are going to get a free 30-day trial of the class digital studio and they do such a good job the class digital studio during the pandemic and beyond for me has been so major i love all of their instructors i think they do an incredible job of leading in a virtual way the in-person is unreal but the virtual really rivals it and so you can get 30 days free by going to theclass.com slash almost 30 theclass.com slash almost 30. Beautiful. Enjoy that one. And today's episode is with Iskra Lawrence. Really beautiful on motherhood, on the relationship with our bodies, on business building. And I just really appreciated her honesty and her vulnerability. And I always love to talk about body stuff. It's such a popular topic for me in my Instagram community. They're always asking about how I'm feeling about my body, <laughs> which is a whole thing in itself. But I really appreciated the opportunity to just kind of drop in about that because it is something that we wake up with, we move with every single day, we have conversations with our body every single day, and our bodies can change, you know, like your body journey that you've been going through recently. Yes. So I'm pregnant. If you haven't, if you've been living under a rock, I'm pregnant. But yeah, it's been, it's been really, it's been a really interesting experience. I feel like I've been someone, at least in the last, I don't know, I would say seven, eight years of my life where I felt pretty embodied. You know, I felt like I had an appreciation for my body, a reverence for my body in the way that I would exercise and eat and all the things. I wouldn't say it was perfect, but I think overall, I've just gone through a season where I'm like, 
amazing body check cool i'm i'm cool with you and then when my body started to change specifically in the first trimester at such a funky time i was feeling just not great so physically and mentally it's an unknown every day you might feel nauseous you might feel really low you might feel low energy and so when my body started to change even just a little bit I think the little bit of change that started to happen freaked me out the most. Like if I look at this whole experience, I think in that beginning stage of like, oh, am I ever going to have this body back again? Like it really just hit me where I was like, oh, wow, that's actually a fear of mine. Like I, I kind of had to look at that. I would, I brought it to therapy for a few sessions because I definitely think there's this perception or what you see online of people who get pregnant, have a baby, snap back to whatever body, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this kind of underlying pressure or expectation that I think I took on as my own. And then just like teasing out, do I trust my body? You know, do I trust my body through this process to do what it knows how to do to be resilient in the timing that it's meant to be resilient, not in the perfect quick timing, but just in the timing that it needs to be resilient after this really intense process of growing another human being. And what my therapist said, which has really shifted me, and it's really simple, but she's like, you will never have that body again. And she's like, it doesn't mean that you might not look like that again. She's like, but you will never have that body Again, like this experience is completely changing your body, like on a cellular level, on a spiritual level, on an energetic level. Yes, on a physical level. And your ability to let that go actually welcomes the experience that you're in now, which is pregnancy, to be as full and embodied as possible and also welcome in the new experience of whatever's to come after you have the baby and as your body evolves and changes and, you know, does as it does after baby. And it just really hit me that I was holding on like so tightly to that old God and so afraid to lose it. So since then, it's been an experience that I would like characterize as like very much in gratitude. There are some days that it's not as much, but truly overall, I look at myself in the mirror, even as I get bigger and I see veins, pop, like there's just wild things that happen. I got hemorrhoids. Like, it's just crazy. I'm like, whoa, this is, this is wild. And I'm so appreciative. So just know that like, first of all, your experience, if you are pregnant and going through something like this, what you are feeling is completely valid and you don't need to feel in a place of gratitude all the time for sure. But I do think there is room for us to let go of what we're holding on to. And that might be something different for you listening. But I really had to get honest about that and get honest with like the gift and opportunity that this huge change was actually offering me rather than resisting it because I was just afraid to kind of become anew. Mm. Yeah, you can't heal if you're not honest with yourself. You know, so much of 
the biggest step in healing is being honest, like, oh, I actually feel this way. And a lot of it, it's like in our space where it's like, I need to be someone that embraces my body at every stage, you know, that, so there's the pressure on both sides. It's like, I need to be someone that snaps back, looks perfect, you know, whatever the thing is. And then I also need to be someone that like embraces myself no matter what. And it's like that kind of bypasses the self and how we actually are feeling and how scary it can actually be, you know, to be someone that has such changes in your body. And you're such a physical person, like you're so physical. And being an, an embodied person, you know, also means that you have this experience of knowing what your body feels like at every level. So it can be scary to let go or like embrace different seasons of it. Yes. Where I live literally 10 feet above my body. So I'm like, what's going on down there? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, legs? <laughs> I did a little, I did a mushroom journey when I was in Paris and I literally was like watching my body move. And I was like, yo, I was like, that's my body walking on earth. Like it was like me like stepping. I was like, that's a foot and leg. Were you feeling like, embodied or were you feeling still kind of like above the body looking down? I was being shown my galactic origins and my galactic mm, body. So cool. I was feeling out of body, but more in it than ever. Like it was both. It was, it was almost just like, whoa. If it was, I had the experience of looking at my body as if I was an alien from another b galaxy, being like, this is what, what earthling bodies are like. I was like, yes. wow, this is my bipedal earthling body, two legs, two arms. Like, and I just was fascinated. I was like, here I go walking. And yeah, it was just, it was very interesting. There was an appreciation for it, for sure. Just kind of seeing it for more the function, you know, than the, than the form. That's like a total tangent, but yeah. And then when you're in Paris, I feel like you, you posted about this, but I definitely mm. wanted to talk about it. Just like your ability to like connect with and listen to your body and like kind of be softer in your body, especially when traveling, when like things are so different the food, the environment, the traveling, like how, how have you gotten to that place where it feels just like really good? Well, first of all, I feel like people in our space, like think about that. They're like the food and then there's all the, and then they get scared of life. It's like, yeah. there's also the delicious food. You know, there's also the experience. There's also the new people. There's also the new environment. So we kind of think about the negative mostly. And it's like, I just kind of roll with it all. Like I just am like, okay, here we are. We're going to figure out what to eat. Here we are. We're going to figure out how to move. And it was beautiful because I think on this trip and the trips I've been taking recently to Europe, it's like, I was thinking about back to myself maybe six years ago or something. And I would have found a gym and I would have worked out at that gym every day. I would have been like, where's Barry's Paris? How can I get a hit workout at Barry's Paris <laughs> during my stay? And like, I, you know, I obviously don't do that anymore. And so just to move my body through walking, rest when I need to rest, like be more present with the food and really enjoy like this, the beautiful food when you're outside of the United States and how incredible it is and how much better my body responds, like is just so, so nice and being able to really be in the moment. But I will say that I do still do a lot of the practices, you know, my my sort of grounding practices, and it feels more helpful than it feels like a punishment. Like, I don't feel like I'm like, I'm doing this because I need to stay on my routine. Yeah. 
It's like, no, I bring magnesium every time I travel because it feels really good. It helps me sleep. It helps me stay regular. I drink AG1 in the morning because I don't really know if I'm going to be getting all of my greens. I do like my meditation or my tapping or whatever it is just to make sure that I'm feeling really good, just to make sure I have energy to experience and enjoy life. And I think I've really just moved to a place of like, how can I really enjoy this as much as possible and not have such a focus on the body and how I look? And I think when you get older, dude, you're just like, this body is like amazing, you know, and, and you just kind of embrace it a lot more. But I do remember being on trips a long time ago, and especially when you're on trips with women. I think when you're on trips with women and you're in close space, it can be very easy to compare. And I think it can be very easy to compare like what they're eating, what they're not eating, what blah, 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 blah. And you just got to pull up out of that because you don't want to be in that sort of, and that sort of mindset that's just, you know, not fun for anyone. But practicing body love as an experiment for people, if they want to create a container where it's like, what would it feel like to not have restrictions or to be more fluid or to work out less or to just stretch every morning or to get my workout through walking? Like, how would that look? How would that feel for me? I think it's a really beautiful experiment for people to use the container of a trip to see what it would feel like to live and be more intuitive. And I usually feel a lot better. My body usually responds, you know, really well to that. So yeah, it was incredible. And I feel grateful to be at a place where I feel really good in my body in this moment. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people come back from trips and they're wondering why, like, they're tired or they're kind of feeling a little off or unfulfilled. It's like looking back at the trip, did they really allow themselves to be there to like just kind of have that that fluidity, like have the structure that you need to feel really good, but then have that fluid, especially with food and experiences. And maybe you're going to bed a little bit later. You were saying that you like would sleep in. Oh my stay God, up I later. was in bed at 4 a.m. and I would get up at 2 p.m. I mean, it was never in the time that I've known you iconic. I was like high school Krista is so fun. back. That was my favorite part. But it was interesting because I stayed on the schedule pretty much in LA. So the time zones, I didn't even really shift my time zone at all because we would go out and whatever. And, you know, in Europe, they're kind of moving a little bit slower in the day anyway. So it was actually perfect. So from a jet lag perspective, I didn't even change time zones, which was really nice. So I never had jet lag there. I never had jet lag back, you know, kind of rocked with it. But what I will say about traveling last thing that I do that I think is really helpful is fasting whenever I'm, you know, flying home because I'll travel internationally good amount, maybe once a month. So it's like I won't eat the entire flight and the travel time. Sometimes that'll be 24 hours. Sometimes it'll be less. Most of the time it's less, but it feels really, really good because you don't want your body to be digesting when you're on a flight. There's less oxygen. It's really hard to relax. It's really hard to like get enough fluid because you're going to be so dehydrated. So when you eat, especially the airplane food, that's really just not the best. It can feel really good to allow your body to have that break and give yourself an opportunity to like do a little fast or just kind of not eat for a little bit when you're on the go. And I think that's really helped me to stay more grounded and get better sleep and feel less jet lag. Yeah. I subscribe as well. Yeah. Sometimes the flight attendants are like, are you sure? Like, oh no, gosh. no sun was, chips. I'm like, she was like, are you, she's like, are you going to be okay? I was like, I don't want your nasty yogurt and bread roll. Like, and I was like, this flight's 10 hours and it's 8 p.m. I'm like, I don't need. Yeah, go to bed. I don't like, ugh. and there's just, there's something that's so like, disturbing about sitting on with a little tray with a screen in front of your face 
everything's gray and you're just like unwrapping your meal. Yeah, dude, I can't. Like a little piglet. Oh, balls. Rock on if that's your that's your. Flavor, Honestly, but... let me know. Just do your thing. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. We'll all just do our thing. So the body conversation leads us into the conversation we get to have with Iskra today. She was so cool and kind and beautiful. Yeah, and I just had such an amazing time. I felt like this was girls hanging out, and I felt like there was so much value to her story and everything that she shares. And she's such a heart-centered being. So she is a mom as well. So we get to, got to talk a little bit about that, her body journey, et cetera. And I think you guys are really going to love this one. If you are an Iskra community member, welcome to Almost 30. We're so glad to have you for this conversation together. Mm-hmm. She is also the founder of Salt Hair, which is a really beautiful skincare, body care line. It was just so yummy. But she is incredibly dynamic, very, very real. If you're not following her on Instagram, you must. She is at Iskra, I-S-K-R-A. So enjoy this one with Iskra. Pass it along to a friend if you loved it. We also have a library and archive of over 650 episodes. So no pressure, but do a little like episode roulette and see which one you land on. I'm sure it'll be perfect for what you need today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. We love you so much. You can learn more about what we're doing here at Almost 30 at almost30.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these Superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 
60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. This episode is brought to you by better help. Uh, therapy y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I am a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. Neutrals are a fine. We are, guys. We are. If you're watching on YouTube, we are all neutral girlies. I'm cream today. Lindsay's cream nooch. We got a cream honey. Mm -hmm. There's something rich for me about being in cream. Mm, I feel rich and chic. I feel pure. It makes me feel like my kid behaves. Oh, my God. Oh, you're so rich that you have a nanny so you're not near your kid so you can wear white. But no, I don't have a nanny, but that's the vibe it's giving. You're like, wow, she's able to do that with a three-year-old. Yeah. Do you have to change in the car? or like what do you do? No, I actually got to lie in this morning. Dad took control of the morning shift, so but I will be picking him up. So 100%, I will have to change yep. outfits. Yeah. Yep. What is that conversation with your husband? Like, do you, it's do you have an straight agreement? Up, I okay. hate mornings. I'm yeah. not a morning person. I've watched all those videos about being that girl that wakes up at 5 a.m. I've watched the moms who have six kids. I'm like, that's not me. Yeah. I have tried. I really did. There was a period of three days where I got up at 5 a.m., <laughs> And I just said, Philip, I hate this. I'm it's not me. Yeah, I completely oh, yeah. hear you. I truly think there's a, I don't know if it's like a genetic disposition, but there's truly I believe it. morning people and night people. My yeah. ex-husband was like that. He was like, I'm just a night person. Like you just yeah. need to accept it. And after being together for so long, I'm like, oh, you truly are. For sure. And I'm the biggest morning person <laughs> of all time. But the it girl routines that we all know and yeah. see on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, it's like, guys, it makes you feel bad because it's like I just they're making it's it seem like you can just switch it on. I no. just think it's lame. And it's all people that most likely don't have kids. Yeah. Like are kind of the same age bracket. Like they're early 20s. Yeah. Like getting up at five, green juice, matcha, journal, and the clock tick. Oh my god! They gosh. all have the same clock on the computer. They're like yeah. before seven, I've already sold all my properties and yes. you know, yes. done Amazon drop shipping. Yes. 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 Done a face mask. the life of an influencer and they had the little puffer. <laughs> I think, so. Drunk three different types of matcha something. Yes. I actually yes. would love for you to do 
the routine that's not the morning person routine. I know. I should. <laughs> I really should. It's just liberate like people. Rolling out of bed, barely can see. <laughs> but no, that and that's a partnership, right? And I'm lucky. I don't know what happens when you're parenting and both of you aren't morning people. Yeah. Woo. That would be tough. Philip's great. Philip's all about that. And he has to finish kind of switching off at like four, five, six. And then he's like, I'm creatively done. I'm spent. My energy is gone. Whereas I can put my baby down at 8 p.m. and sit down and get back to work. And I will work till like 2 a.m. Cool. some days, which is not great. And I'm trying to work on it. But, but if at that's the same time, time, I have to get stuff done. That's what yeah. I have to do. Wow. Yeah, you kind of have to know where your energy surges yeah. live. We're working on something right now. And I was like, oh, actually, I can't write mm. after a certain time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm depleted or whatever. But some people get that zing I kind of get the zing totally 11 p.m that's me oh Mm -hmm. my god I (laughs) you see me well so crystal leaves her body probably around like 8 p.m 8 so if we're out if we're out if we're out at a so I see her leave and I'm like we need to but New York is nighttime dinners are like at 10 p.m I wouldn't even oh we're New York me and my husband have a new thing where like if dinner's past 7 30 we we don't go That's enough. Which is it's not, it hasn't always been us, but yeah. I'm like, this feels so much better. Your Good digestion, you. what's going on, y'all? You guys are eating <laughs> at like 10. I'm like, how are you sleeping? <laughs> no, we'll be out at dinners and I'll be like, ha, 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 like life of the party. And then something will switch. And I'm like, you disappear? Yeah. You're a ghoster? Disappear. I, first of all, I'll leave. But okay. second of all, I'll leave my body. So my Got body's me. there, but nothing's happening. She's like, just kind of looking around. She's like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm done. I'm, I'm like, looking for my drinking the cocktail and dribbling down. Yes, yes. Wow. Or I'll just start to be like negative. I'll be like, yeah, this dinner mm. sucked. You know, like, <laughs> I'll start to be like a little baby that can't like handle it. Wow. So have you always been accepting of yourself and your process? Or was there ever like a part of motherhood or your journey now where you're like, I need to be this way. I need to be different than what I am. I think I've always had that perfectionist like desire, right? Being a Virgo, being an only child. And it's funny because since becoming a parent, I've so many things have clicked. I hate disappointing people. That's because my parents' form of discipline was disappointment. They never hit me. They never shouted at me. They just did the whole like, you've disappointed us. Mm. And that like, so it's so interesting now being a parent. I'm like, okay, I don't want my kid to think I, they've disappointed me or like, but how do I discipline them? So I think this perfectionism that I have is I just want my kid to turn out kind, happy, healthy. And I don't know how to do that. There is no guide to getting those kind of results. Yes. It's just every day making a choice by getting to know him even better. Because of course he's my child, but he's still a, his own human, his own person. So it's like, okay, I just need to constantly be aware of how he's feeling, how he's doing. And we talk about feelings a lot. So I think for me, I'm going to let him know I'm not a perfect mom. I kind of want to be, but I know it's not possible. But let me know how I'm doing, you know? How are you feeling? We try to at dinner nearly every night, me and my husband will be like, how are you feeling today? How is it? Like, and we do it to each other and we do it with our son. We like include mm. him in those very kind of adult, deeper conversations so he feels valued and hopefully he'll be able to talk about his feelings and his emotions. Yes. We recently had a conversation with Dr. Shafali and this sounds mm. exactly like, you know, that yeah. conscious parenting approach where, you know, your child is an individual yeah. and also a soul that came here and chose you. Mm-hmm. And it's not about controlling them. It's not right. about making them into what you want them to become and being yeah. so 
protective of how they get there, but rather, you know, getting to know them. And that controlling is tricky, right? Especially if you're in a public environment and other parents judge you. Of course. That's one thing. I've even caught myself as a mom judging other people. And now since becoming a mom, it's definitely like, and sometimes it's heightened because I'm like very aware someone else has told me off for, I don't know, the position of the seatbelt or this or that or, and then other times it's lessened because I'm like, she's just doing her best. I remember being at this indoor play place and there was a mom and she had two kids and they were definitely both under three. And, you know, the baby was a really young, maybe like six months old and it was screaming and it needed diaper change. And then the other kid that was there that was maybe three, he wasn't happy and a toy broke. And then they were just screaming. Both of them were just screaming and she was just panicking. And I wish that, and I obviously said to her like, it's okay. You don't want to be patronizing. It's really hard to know what to say in those situations. Because you, you want to offer help without making her feel even worse. Yes, like, yes. I don't think she's capable. It's like, I'm not trying to make you feel like you're not capable, but I know this is freaking hard, what you're going through in this yeah. moment. And I can see you're panicking, worrying about what we're thinking. I'm not judging you. Kids cry. Kids scream. And what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just so many layers. And I think that's why that community and that village is so helpful. Because when I do go for play dates with my girlfriends, they can jump in, right? We call it zoning. You're just zoning. So if there's, I'm the only one of my friends now with one kiddo. The rest have two and our other friend has two on the way. She's got going to have three. She's got twins. So it's like we love hanging out with each other because it just takes the pressure of it all being on you. And just that judgment from other people. It's like, no, I'm here with my tribe. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. What is that zoning? What does that look like? So it's like some of us could be sat down and maybe like I'm on duty and there's like five of them running. Got it. So we let other people like sit and chill and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then someone will be on like, okay, I'm zoning the five kids. Or someone will be like, I've got the left side or just <laughs> you. <laughs> or like yes. the playground, there'll be blind spots. So maybe have to split up and make sure you someone can see the kids. Yeah, There's like one playground in Austin. And the way it's laid out, you have to like run under the playscape. So it's like one of us kind of has to be on one side and the other one has to be on the other. In case my son has done this he was just climbing up a ladder one day and he was high I want to say he was maybe like 12 foot in the air and he just turned his body around and jumped off I was like (laughs) I stood right there but I didn't even have time to like react to it did he get how did he get down he just jumped down he fell wow and he was okay he was fine he was fine but it was just like but if he'd (laughs) landed Totally. In a different way, well, he yeah, would not have baby. been fine. And that's, <laughs> just, like... that's the mother's brain. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, he was fine, but what if? Well, for sure. A dad came straight up to me. He was like, wow, I'd be like exactly. praising my son for that. That's yep. so brave. I wish my daughter jumped off. I'm like, no, you don't. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say. That's a horrible thing to wish. Right? Like, just let her be. My friend, Shalina Ayana, rising woman, I was mm. talking to her the other day. Her and her husband were over. And I was like, is it painful to have your baby out in the world? She's like, it's so beautiful. It's so painful. Mm. And he was like, I was like, what do you think? He's like, I just want to protect her. Mm. He's like, I just really want to make sure she's okay. And I'm like, that's the difference of the woman is like the fucking heartbreak. Right, right, right. You know, they jump down. You're like, oh, that could have been bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and then the the man's like, oh, yeah, heck yeah. You know, like, yeah, he's fine. Let's do it. Just not that like, oh, yeah, feeling. It is. It's like. Yeah, there's really, unfortunately, you're going to feel this because mm-hmm. every mom is going to. But it's, yeah, I remember my son figuring out how to unlock the front door for the first time. And I all I did was went into a room quickly to grab something. I thought he was in the kitchen with Philip. And he in that space of time, I walked into the other room. He'd ran out the front door. 
and was just like running outside towards the road. No way. And I was, you don't know where this, you want to cry, you want to scream, you want to shout. And then he's like giggling about it. And I'm like, no, this is serious. And it's just, Philip's like laughing too, because he sees me overacting. And I'm like, no, this is serious though. Like, no. Another thing for me to worry about. Yeah. (laughs) The community piece is so important. And it reminds me of like, yeah, the importance of community when you make an identity transition, Mm. you know, because I. I feel like you've had so many identities, mm-hmm. you know, shifting and shedding throughout your life. How have you over the years kind of evolved and navigated different transitions? Because it's, yeah, I can kind of liken it to like a little death mm. and a rebirth at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, I think the hardest challenge for me was the loss of friendships, right? Yeah. Because different people are in different seasons of their life. And sometimes when your shifts, there's doesn't. And that's it. It just doesn't work anymore. It's the weirdest thing. And then other people who will come back into your life because now you're in the same season as them and you can relate more and you have conversations and understanding that other people won't. So I think the biggest shift was I decided to do multiple things at the same time. I decided to leave New York, which Mm -hmm. simultaneously meant I lost my village there, but also my modeling career. I moved to Austin and then a pandemic happened. And then I had a baby. Yeah. And then I started Saltaire. All simultaneously, like big life decisions happening at once. And I guess that's part of my character and energy. Like I love a big risk and hopefully get a big reward. But sometimes I fall flat on my face. But that was scary. I feel like I definitely had a mini death. And unfortunately, it was probably during postpartum. Because I just kept saying to Philip, I feel like a mess. I feel like a mess. I just couldn't pick my own pieces back up. And he kept asking me, how can I help and support you? And I was like, for a long time, I didn't really know. And then I said, you know what? I just need like 15 minutes to prioritize getting up in the morning, showering and getting ready, which feels superficial, right? But putting on the clothes, putting on something or brushing my hair, doing a little bit of makeup. It was weird how much that made me feel back to myself. Virgo vibes. Yeah. Virgo vibes. (laughs) That's actually, we've had a few conversations where that's been a key component of people feeling more like themselves, being able to like just ground your energy. And it's not about aesthetics, but it is about this is time for me. Mm -hmm. I'm worthwhile of taking time. I'm worthwhile of self-care. I'm worthwhile of this moment. I'm going to put myself in the best situation to present myself to the world. Mm -hmm. I literally never, ever do this, but I understand what it takes to get ready (laughs) because I'm an absolute disaster most days. But when I am a disaster, I'm like, wow, I'm really not – telling myself that I'm worthy of the Mm. time. Mm -hmm. Work is more worthy. My projects are more worthy. This is like everything is like above me getting ready for myself. Mm. And there is such a beauty in that, especially as a mom, because I think as a mom, you're like, this is the very absolute bottom barrel last priority for me. Mm -hmm. My family's above it. Everything else is above it. And I also really love that too, because it can be simple. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when we think about that, it's like you moved, you have this transition, you did all these things and you took all these risks, that is so much. How can we come back to the very tactical? What is one thing I can do for myself today that's going to be simple, that's going to be easy, that's going to help me shift Mm -hmm. and transition into feeling like I'm someone that has it put together? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that act of looking in the mirror, I've done a lot of work throughout the years with people about their self-esteem and self-worth and giving yourself eye contact is really powerful. You have to get to know her again. You know, especially if you're feeling lost, that like eye contact. Mm. One of the most powerful things I ever remember doing during my recovery was was for this documentary I was filming, actually. 
and I had to give myself eye contact and talk to my 15 year old self. Like imagine I was speaking to my, and I mean, you can't not cry and break down. It's just, I we just, chills. I feel like we don't do enough of that work. Yes. Cause yeah, it's like you said, bottom of the barrel. And that stuff is so important, especially when you're giving everything to other people. Okay, when are we going to take the time back to prioritize where I'm at? And it's so powerful to actually like see yourself, you know, because I think oftentimes some things that we do in the everyday is so that people see us and Mm. appreciate us and validate us just kind of naturally as human. Yeah. And so if we take that time to validate ourselves and really see ourselves for Mm -hmm. where we are and honor ourselves, like there becomes less distortion with our relationships sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So your recovery for an eating disorder. Eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to talk about that because you mentioned perfectionism. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, how does this all work together? Yeah, it all feeds into it. So when I was younger growing up, I was so inspired by the modeling industry. I was that girl who watched America's Next Top Model like it was the Bible. Yeah. You know, I was, it, I just ingested everything, all those messages about body image. And now I love that we're coming back and everyone's, you know, disrupting <laughs> that. But Mm -hmm. at the time, it was just like, okay, this is what I need to do to become a top model. And I ended up entering L-Girl Search for Supermodel when I was just turned 13. I took the picture when I was like 12, had my mom, and she was so supportive, right? She knew this would make me happy. It seemed so fun, and there was so much life experience from it. And I got into the finals. I didn't win, but I got scouted. But I'm only 13, so you get put on like models to watch. And when they mean watch, they're literally just analyzing to see if you are going to turn into the model that they want, which is, you know, a size zero. And so constantly getting measured, constantly. So you're not getting paid. You're just coming in to like check your size. Yes. Doing test shoots to see how comfortable you are in front of the camera, if photographers like you. Because at that time, especially, it was very much more about the muse. And like Gemma Ward was at the height of kind of her career at the time and it was, there's still muses now, but I don't know, it still felt different. And so, yeah, at 15, they basically just said, your hips are 37 now. They really need to be 34, 35. It's just not going to work out. And they gave me a list of like, I think it's 10 or 11 agencies in London who were AMA, Association of Model Agencies, who were like the legit ones. And I went to every one of those and they gave me some kind of crappy excuse of like, you're too commercial you're a bit too mature. We just don't see your fit in this. You're you like, know. I'm 15 now. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're too mature. You're like, I'm literally 15. And they met my body, right? It was oh, all about my body. Wow. And then there was one in particular that literally had zero out of 10 rating for every part of my body. And it was right there on the sheet. Wow. I got to see it. Zero out of 10 for skin. Zero out of 10 for hair. Zero out of 10 for size, teeth, everything. And I remember I got like, I don't know, like a six or a seven for teeth or seven for teeth. And I was like, what's wrong with my teeth? And then I ended up getting Invisalign and it was completely unnecessary because when I went and got the Invisalign, they were like, we've measured your teeth. They're 98% perfect. Why do you want Invisalign? I was like, I have to get Invisalign. Yeah. It's just everything, right? I was literally told that I was a zero out of 10. And the only way to improve that was these physical things that I should do. And where do I get the information from that? those ridiculous magazine front covers that are like, lose 20 pounds in a week. Just do the maple syrup diet like Master Beyonce. Cleanse, baby. Master yeah. Cleanse, Atkins. Yeah, that was our high school, Master yeah. Cleanse and Atkins. Yeah. I remember my friend's mom did Atkins and she smelled so bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like ground beef and yeah. like bars. 
I did yeah. master cleanse in like ninth grade. I did it too fainted, before prom. Like fainted or something. Yeah. yeah, like it's just. I just I did master cleanse and I think I put on weight because I was like I can have maple syrup, so it was like <laughs> half maple syrup. Right, and how lucky are we that our body isn't lifetime damaged from? Oh, I mean, mine I probably know. is my metabolism from all the diet pills and yeah. all. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I remember ordering the diet tea. Oh yeah. At one point, and I ordered it on my parents' card, and then whatever they did, it was like a reoccurring chart, and it was so expensive too. It was like eighty dollars a month or something. And my parents were furious. They had to shut their whole card down and account because they just kept on taking this money for this tea, which was basically just green tea. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't. It's disgusting. I wasn't even going to drink it anyway. Yep. But yeah, the amount of things you try and oh, do. Oh yeah, my dad bought me my first diet pills when I was like really? in high school. Yeah, we were like my parents were real intense on that. And I remember taking diet. I would be in class like tweaking because wow. I was on speed from when I was. Did like, they 14. have negative experience about their body growing oh, yeah. up? Did they? Both of them. Not. Oh yeah. Yes, in their own journey and way, but it was like being fat was the ultimate fear. Yeah. Ultimate fear. Yep. Like it was like, and they've said that many. You know, is the ultimate fear. I guess that I'd be rejected, or they probably perceived mm-hmm. that they were unlovable by their parents, and then it kind of just right, passed right, on right. and. Yeah, it was wild. But yeah, I remember kind of being supported in my like diet weirdness. Oh, of course. Absolutely. The lean cuisines, mm-hmm. you know, the like light and fit yogurts, the like Weight mm-hmm. Watchers, all that kind of stuff just was like normalized. Yeah. I'm glad we're at a point where everyone can be open and talk about that and hopefully allow that younger generation because I didn't know when I was in my eating disorder that I had an eating disorder. There was no resources and no one talking about it. Yeah. At that time, it was my space. But who knows? Oh, yeah, there was weird anorexic, like Anna oh. MySpaces. Do you remember there that? There was. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Tumblr as well. Was and a whole awful. community oh, of people yeah. that would support each other with like mm-hmm. tips on eating. Yeah. What yeah. did your disorder look like? It just looked like restriction. Yeah. And it looked like running consistently like five to eight kilometers, having eaten barely anything. And just that whole mindset of like calories are the most important thing. That's yeah. all I care about, that I need to burn more calories than I'm consuming. And I can't eat these. Or if I do, then I have to make sure that I burn it off. And there's a lot of disordered thoughts and a lot of body dysmorphia. So looking at my body and bearing in mind, I'm probably like a US six to eight, maybe if that's six at that point. And just pulling my flesh back and wishing my body was slimmer and thinking that I was huge and disgusting. And having a friend, weirdly, I was also in a negative relationship at the time, right? I had a relationship from the age of like, 15 and a half to 21 and he knew where I was with my self-esteem and body image and I think that happens to a lot of people who are going through a mental health struggle or a body image struggle they sometimes find themselves in relationships that feed off of that too because it's a great way for people in relationship to control you to manipulate you to play on those insecurities that you have so he 100% made me feel like no one else would ever love me and he kept saying models are just pieces of meat So his like respect for me was like so low. He kind of really made me feel like I wasn't able or things weren't possible. So luckily I met this crazy best friend who lived in London and she was like, you just need to dump him and move to London and come live with me and we'll party every day. (laughs) And I was like, oh. And at the beginning of a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. Well, I think I cried myself to sleep for maybe a year. And then I was like, yeah, this this isn't right. There's got to be another way to do this, Mm. you know? And then he also had anger issues and it was just like stupid shit. Like if the remote was too slow at changing the channel, he would like throw the remote, spit the TV. 
Wow. And I'm there like not trying to laugh, but then also like, oh my gosh, let's hope he doesn't do anything to me. Sure. So yeah, it got to the point and when I told my parents, they cried with a relief and they were like, We'd, we didn't want you to, we didn't want to tell you to dump him, but we really wanted that for you to figure that out for yourself because we didn't want you to push us away and resent even more. Yeah. So yeah, when I came back to that house, put all my stuff with my mom in a black bin bag and then called him and said, you're never going to see me again. Let's meet at this coffee shop breakup. And of course he said, I'm about to propose to you. I'm going to change. I was like, you have five and a half years. You're definitely not going to change. I moved to London and that's exactly what we did. Me and Frankie partied three days a week, every week. It's grown Frankie. That is a true movie. It was so much <laughs> like, fun. We'd be like laughing so hard we nearly wet ourselves. Just that you time in that. your life. Yes. Oh, and she yeah. was, you know, she was crazy in the sense of like I love I love the word crazy because I think crazy is just someone who is so unapologetic themselves mm. that other people don't understand them yes you know <laughs> so me and her had this wild time and I actually then saw the way she spoke about her body and I would call her out and then it was one of those moments of if I don't like the way she's speaking to her body that's the same way I speak to my body so it was like this kind of moment that aha moment right speak to yourself like your best friend so we kind of went through that together. We got the Louise Hay books that were about affirmations. And it seemed ridiculous at the beginning, but we were kind of going through that journey together. We learned about moving and fitness that wasn't just about burning calories and looking a certain way. It was actually about having fun and doing boxing lessons and trying home workouts. And so it became like we just empowered ourselves. And I was able to switch that focus of just trying to be slim, just trying to get into this model agency world that had these gatekeepers into like how can I change that industry how can I be the best version of myself and then get them to realize that's the best you can be yeah yeah that I think it's always interesting to see like why people were placed in your life oh for sure she disappeared by the way no way disappeared really and we had like at least a group of like six or seven of us that are pretty close and she did have an affair with a married man which I didn't agree with and I completely called her out and she kicked me out of the house because I literally said, what do you expect? You knew that this wasn't going to last. He's literally got a wife. I didn't yeah. agree with it at all. And then she said, okay, well, I never want to see you again. She left my clothes outside and I never heard from her again. Then Facebook was deleted. This was kind of before Instagram. No one ever saw her again. This is the shadow side of crazy. Isn't that there wild? Yeah, 100%. I think someone did find her recently. So this is what, 12 years later, I think someone did find that she's dyed her hair and looks like a completely different person and may have found her, but crazy, That's right? Wild. I know. Wow. But kind of cool. I'm like, you know yeah, what? I, I vibe with that. it. She disappeared. <laughs> Frankie, no dude. one can disappear. No one Honestly. can disappear. <laughs> I know that is kind of iconic. You know? <laughs> she's now Fran. <laughs> like, you could not find me or be with me. <laughs> yeah. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health 
routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. So how does this translate, you know, the body journey Mm. where you have the eating disorder, you're in the party phase, you had someone Mm. that was a toxic relationship. Where were you able to kind of turn a corner with it? I think it's because I surrounded myself with the supportive people that saw me for more than just my size. I even started dating this guy that was much older. I didn't know at the time, but anyway, I managed to check his ID and was like, 1973? Did he lie? He didn't lie outright. He just goes, oh, I'm like the same age as David. And David was 31. And he was like 39. Oh my God. It's <laughs> like, not the, nearly the same age, but okay. But you know what? His kind of elderly energy, he was just very supportive and really taught me, you know, to love my body, be proud of it. And just saying that everyone is unique and different. And weirdly, he was, yeah, he really empowered me. But I also think I just put myself in an environment that was just about being your best self. I think it was multiple people on similar journeys to me and I came out of a toxic environment into a positive one. And then modeling industry wise, I was able to get the balls to just cold call clients and undercut agencies and get these bookings directly. Wait, what? Yeah, I just hustled a little bit. That's so so sick. Give an example. So for example, Tesco's, it's like the equivalent of Walmart-ish. Yeah, I basically was like, do you need models? And they came to me direct instead of going and getting agency models. Because they save money too. They save money. They loved working direct with me. 
I kind of, obviously looking back now, I should have had a contract about the usage because they're still using those photos. Oh my God. I'm sure. I have so many friends like that where they're like, I'm on <laughs> yeah. that fucking thing still. Still. <laughs> you, you were on, Lindsay's on stuff still. You're but like, dude. It enabled me to go back to that agency and say, hey, I have these direct clients. I'll give you 20% if you sign me. So that's what I did. That I kind of so played, played yeah. the game. but And I was lucky because there was a new booker and she was a curvy black woman. And I will say black women have supported me so much throughout my career. And mm. they even support Solterre in such a beautiful way. So, yeah, she came in and she was like, I believe in you. I want to see the change too. Let's do this together. Wow. And she worked and she fought really, really hard. And she signed girls that would have never been signed unless it was for her. And she took those risks. And as soon as you get in the door with a reputable agency and Models One is one of the best in the UK, then it was like, okay, it's go time. I just have to get in the room, convince the clients and do my job really well. Because yeah. that's one thing. It, I had to fight so hard to get there when I was on set. You best believe I've never complained on set, ever, even to this day. I will stay late. I will go over time. I will shoot quicker and faster because and, I, I knew that this didn't seem possible and I was told that I would never be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So doing it, I'm just so grateful. I have a shoot next week for Macy's I haven't shot for Macy's in maybe like five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hype. <laughs> I'm going to be on there like the most bubbly person. Like, how yeah. can I impress these clients? And I always tell models this. It's not booking the job. It's rebooking the job. That partnership and that was, experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I worked with Aerie for seven years. I had a PR company say, except for VS Angels and stuff, no one was giving out seven years worth of contracts at that kind of price point. So... Yeah, that was just a testament of me. Like, I've worked so hard to get here. I'm going to make sure now i am got my foot in the door. Yeah. I do everything I possibly can to stay here. I and guess, what is, yeah, what is like the nuance of being someone who people want to work with? Like, what did you not realize, especially in the modeling world, was important? Because people are like, well, you just have to be beautiful. And then you like, show right. a good model. That's a tricky discussion because there's boundaries, right? Because essentially... It sounds dull, but you want to be the easiest model to work yes. with, which sounds yeah. boring. But at the same time, you have to have a boundary of not having people take advantage of you, which often happens in the modeling world. What really shone a light on me was being in the agency and overhearing a discussion saying, that bitch was late or that bitch da 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 da. I'm going to put her in a middle seat with a flight change for that job. So agents, you have to kiss ass. You really do. And hopefully you get on with your agency. And that's the main thing. Leave the agency if you don't get on with your agent. Find yeah. a different one. Because that's the most important thing ever is the relationship you have with your agents. And luckily, even though they were scary at the beginning, my New York agents were like best friends. They were like family. So I had that trust and that relationship with them. But I also knew, damn, if you cross them, they're going to make your life difficult. And when that client calls, Macy's calls, and they ask, which models do you have available next week? If you're in their bad books, they're not going to say your name. They're going to say Amy's name because she's so sweet and is easy to work with. So it is unfortunately playing that political game a little bit. That's like number one with modeling. You do have to be nice. You do have to be easy. You do have to get the job done when you're in set. There are girls who refuse to wear certain clothes and you just can't do that as a model. Yeah. You don't yeah. you also don't want to talk badly about the clothes. You really have to be that sweet, nice clothes hanger, which sounds mm. awful to say, but that's where I was able to balance that with social media where I was vocal, which actually I got told off for over and over again. 
Like when I get stuck my middle finger up to the trolls, my agent called me. He was like, remove that video right now. You're going to ruin your career. And so I, I know I still had that ballsy thing in me that yeah, I was like, yeah. I think my audience is going to like this. So what was the story behind that? <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Someone commented that I was the reason that the healthcare system was effed up and to put down my McDonald's and put down my chips because I was promoting obesity. This is really at the forefront of when there wasn't even no models my size. And I was like starting to get these big campaigns and people were seeing me in my undies just as a US 10, not groundbreaking, not radical, but bizarrely very controversial and just sitting down in like lingerie showing some rolls or showing some cellulite, which again is normal, but we hadn't seen it because we'd only seen that fantasy, that airbrushed illusion. So people were mad about it. They thought that it was going to be the end of women taking care of themselves, that all women were going to let themselves go because it's really important to men that women stay and look a certain way. And so, yeah, that was hilarious. Honestly, I read it and I, it was comical because I was on set. I was a lingerie model. So I was like, I'm already a lingerie model. I made it. So your comment, whatever. So I had chips on set and I was like, hey, could someone film me? And I just did a slow-mo, like eating the chips and giving the middle finger. And it was, I know, it, <laughs> made, it brought me so much joy that I knew yeah. it would bring other people joy. And so, yeah, I said, you know what? Let me leave the video up. Give it 24 hours. Let's see what's happened. And it went viral. I had like 800 million views across the world. Wow. Yeah. CNN, CNN reposted it on the news. It was ridiculous because no one had really even... The concept of trolling in 2014, yeah, yeah. 2018, oh, yeah. it wasn't there. No yes. one really knew what this was, this online bullying thing. It was just starting. So I was able to kind of start this conversation about like, yeah, people are really mean sometimes. Yes. And this is how I like to handle it. Yes. I mean, 2014, I had just gotten on Instagram. So were you on Instagram? Was it what, Facebook? Yeah, 20. No, this is Instagram. 2012. Okay. I like styled Instagram. Whoa. And it was just the pictures of my food, right? Totally. And yeah. cute dogs or yeah. sunsets. You're like, what's in my fridge? On vacation. With that filter like, thing. Oh yes. my gosh. My, I looked like I was on fire <laughs> for half of my photos. I know. I would, this is me and my friends had the trick where oh. we would filter it, save it, cut it, filter it again. Oh, yeah. So nice. we would literally look like we're flaming yeah. because it was two Hefe filters on top of one another. <laughs> and you had bronzer oh on. And we had bronzer on and I was tan and I had a dark eyeshadow. And then all it's the crazy. quotes, right? Oh my gosh. All the quotes. quotes. Mine was all rap lyrics. Yeah. Every photo too. had a rap lyric underneath. <laughs> it lyric, yeah. was like, why see the world when you got the beach? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Gosh, or it'd be like, no new friends. Hanging oh, with my clique. Oh my you know, gosh. Like that kind of, of like Drake lyrics for everything. Like, yeah, I know a model of friend of mine got in trouble because she used a Drake lyric that was about drinking. It was like oh. drinking for my accomplishments and her agency called and said, you need to remove that. It makes you look like an alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> relax. So if you have 800 million people seeing this video, then yeah. people are saying a lot more cruel things. Right I mean, or no? No, honestly, not really. Okay. I feel like the one that shocked me was on Twitter when someone posted an airy photo and I was like, like sat down twisting. You could see some rolls. It was very normal. And it went viral and it was one of those accounts called like at bitch, you know, one of wow. those like really negative accounts. And it said the true American horror story, because at the time, Aerie were using Emma Roberts, who was in the American horror wow. story. And they were like, I can't believe this brand's using this disgusting model. And then the comments were, ugh, they were really not cool. <laughs> mm. And yet that was like 5%. 95% were like, but this is what my body looks like. This is what I want to see. This is how I want to be marketed lingerie. So 
honestly, sometimes that controversy, and I think you probably know that being in this industry, is what creates change. Like the yeah. controversy, having that conversation, having that moment. So I do feel like if you're at the forefront, you're probably going to have to deal with some negative shit, but it can lead to positive things. Did you know that like in the moment or how were you dealing with that whole? It was weird. In the comments especially. Yeah, I didn't even know what viral was. I'm sure that the word viral had been passed around, but definitely people were like, wow, how did you go viral? I'm like, it's not about doing it. It just happens to yeah. you. And I remember being 25 and having 70,000 followers, which was still a lot from a girl from England. And then by December, so it was three, four months, I had a million followers. Wow. It was like 100,000 new followers what? a week type of thing. It was crazy. And I didn't know how to, what that was going to do for my life. And at the point, I never made a penny from Instagram. You know, I wasn't doing this thinking it was going to help my career or make money. I was doing it because I had these amazing women commenting back and feeling that they could relate to someone who was the image of what they were being marketed, which again had been like this fourth wall, right? They'd never had access to the models that they were constantly told that they had to look like or be like. And I was there saying, I'm the model. I'm not perfect either. And I've struggled with an Ethan sore and I struggle with body image disorder. So I'm, I think them being let in broke that down for them. And it was like, this is the type of person I want to be advertised to or shown and I always said to areas like it's not about aspiration it's about inspiration right I don't want women to want to think they have to look like me but maybe they see me happy and free and confident on the beach and they want to feel that that's amazing yeah, yeah. I love that because I think in our space too as influencers or content creators or whatever it's like I always think about that I'm like I don't want anyone to see anything that I'm doing and be like I want to be that or right. I want like I don't want yeah. That's actually the last thing that I want. I, I want you to be closer to your path and your blueprint. Yes. And what you're supposed to be. And I want to make sure that what I'm doing isn't, is importantly me and my expression, but I don't want people to want to be me. So I really love that distinction. But I think you have that depth with your podcast yeah. that people are able to see that. And I think that's what's so important when people say we want relatable content. It's just letting people in to know that you're not perfect, right? Because yes. they, it's really hard to, continuously flick through feeds and think, wow, they've just got all their shit together. And obviously there's certain images and certain things that perform better on social media. And when you're in the business of social media, you have to kind of have that balance of leaning into that, but also trying to let your audience know this is a highlight reel. I am having to post certain things because this is what brands want to see. Yeah. This is what performs well with the algorithm. This is what pays my bills. What are those posts? Bikinis, swimwear, and what's ironic is, yes, you get male people commenting, whatever, but women too. There's something about skin and Instagram. It's like the more You're percentage so of skin right. that is shown, totally. that video gets out there. Those pictures get out there. And with modeling, I was constantly in my swimwear. And I constantly had these beautiful images taken by the Airy team that I was able to post. So that is much harder than a mom in the middle of nowhere who's in the freezing cold half of the year, how's she going to post a cute bikini picture every single day? Right. So I've that on mine even. Like I have a small following, but it's like my stories. It's like four times my views mm. I've ever done. I've probably done bikini in like four times. Right. And I'm like, how is this? Everyone's just fascinated and intrigued. Yes. And yeah, it is. It is. I think people are just like. But I wonder what the, yeah, I don't know the algorithm yeah. that well to know that like, how can even new people they, see that? Yeah, are they like, mine's when I be, post my husband. I think it might be because <laughs> yes. w maybe when someone is, has less on, 
people zoom in to look because people can't help comparing. Uh, yeah. And then Instagram clocks how much time you spend that's looking at something. Oh so God. I think that's what it is. That's I think people are just like zooming in and look, especially if you do like a bikini picture where you're lying down or something. People are probably zooming in for multiple reasons. See if you photoshopped yourself. Yeah. To see like, oh, does she have cellulite where I do or... I don't know what it is, but right. I can imagine that's probably what's going on. Uh-huh. And also it's jarring as well, right? Yeah. If you're, And I do say this to Philip sometimes, like, oh, I feel bad because I know someone could be on the subway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone could be on the subway and then like my big ass pops up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like trying to take a commute to work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why people have followed me today. They're just opening their page to show something to their mom. And they're like, oh yeah, my God. You know? like- and it, it's, I'm so like unbelievably confident wearing somewhere, yes. wearing my laundry. I just can't get it through my head that to some people that would be jarring. That would right. be like, oh my gosh oh, can't look at that or I need to put that away or this is inappropriate. But I think by now people who follow you like appreciate and I think there's such a beautiful balance on your page where, you know, we feel and see and experience the depth of you too. There's the humor and there's the in the moment like vulnerable sharing of Mm -hmm. like what's happening in your life and just kind of what you're navigating. But then also like just the honoring of your beauty and just like beauty in general. Like Mm. I think I really respect people. We interviewed someone yesterday who I feel very similarly about because there's not this like deprecation. You know, I I appreciate deprecation, but I'm like, I really love when people own like how beautiful they are. And you can feel the resonance of it. Sometimes Mm. you can feel it and you're like, oh, that feels a little weird. But Mm. like with you, I just feel like it's empowering to me. Yeah, and I think it's an ownership of not your beauty. It's your beauty's uniqueness. Yeah. Mm. This beauty is unique to me, and I love that I've been gifted, I'll use my words, by God with this unique version of what beauty is. Mm. I think the people that we are attracted to that are beautiful, we love because they embrace the unique aspects of their beauty, right. not just like the standard. Because mm-hmm. I've seen, and we all can see the standard of beauty, the standard of influencer, the standard of what the Instagram algorithm shows us as what's supposed to be hot and beautiful. And it's like, yeah, feels kind of lifeless a little bit mm-hmm. when there's like a life element with it. But with your, just as the last thing on your flicking the camera off, you went on Piers Morgan. Yes. He's super spicy. Yeah. Especially it, it, he's for- He's gotten more and more intense okay. and political through the years. But yeah, it was that trolling video that he wanted to interview me for. And I knew what he was like, but you still can't be prepared for that. I still have gone through my whole career. Generally, people who interview me, supporting me, want to hear like the positive aspects of what I do. His pure goal was to try and contradict and make you look invalidated. Mm. And so that was so bizarre that it is challenging in the moment because he's speaking over you. You don't even get to your point. It's really hard to just make yourself heard. And yet, and so you feel completely used and vulnerable while you're having this interview. So yeah, he's an absolute a-hole, which I think we've all seen and know now. And that's not what interviewing is meant to be about. If you've asked me for my time and energy to talk about something, let me speak. What was the questions he was asking? What was his point he was trying to make? Well, it was definitely, he was trying to say that women should A, wear clothes. So there was definitely the aspect of like slut shaming me essentially. And what are you promoting to young girls that you should stand there in your underwear and be rude and give middle fingers to people? And you're promoting obesity, saying that body everybody should be able to, you know, be in whatever size body they have. 
was very much that train of fat phobia and just the patriarchy and just so many levels of shit that the interview wasn't long enough for me to even just get to break all of that down. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely cut me off. It felt like it was meant to be maybe a 15 minute interview and it felt like it was five minutes. Cause actually my parents, obviously they're gonna be my biggest fans. They were like, you were doing so well. That's definitely why he cut you off. Cause he didn't want to then look stupid and for you to of kind of win that debate. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, and that takes a lot of, I mean, for you to, I'm sure you've had like media training in some mm -hmm. way or another. Yeah. But I mean, to be on live television right. with someone who is so bulldozing, mm -hmm. it's like how to hold your own. Did yeah, you feel like, did you walk yourself. away from that conversation feeling like you did your best to hold your own or were you like, oh, I can learn from this and... Mm -hmm. Definitely felt I could learn from this by honestly just saying no in the future to moments yeah. like that because I just felt like it didn't benefit the way I hoped it had because the conversation wasn't even allowed to go there to make progress. So it was like that was pointless waste of energy for me yeah. and he just pissed me off. And so it definitely just taught me to have boundaries. Not every interview is maybe going to be a positive one. So yeah, just protect your energy and don't allow people like that to use you because he was using me for his own benefit, right? To have a controversial conversation. That's not what I was trying to do. Mm. Yeah, there's a part of me that really seeks to have people, I'm like, if, if they would only understand. Yeah, you want to convert them If I say them it in sorts. the right way, you know, yeah, like I've had to really be present with that part yeah. of me, that little girl that's like, Okay, if I only say it differently, if I only yeah. say it the right way, if I only say this one thing, if I only say it in this type way, mm -hmm. if I'm only nice enough to them, if I'm, you know, yeah. that's kind of like, okay, how can I get them to understand or see? Someone like that doesn't want to understand or see you. Absolutely not. It's actually Have you their goal. Not in relationships too. Oh my gosh, my intimate relationships. That yeah. was like me just like going insane. Like, okay, how can I? Mm. If I only say it nicely. If I'm only more in my body. If I only yeah. open up my heart. If I only say it in this way if I'm only less mad if I'm only yeah. just going insane and you're like you can't be heard by someone that doesn't want to hear you I would love to know if men experience that same thought process I don't know I don't know <laughs> if they do because I don't know if they grow up being told to be brave and girls get told to be perfect and sweet polite. and nice and yeah. polite yes and so I have a son so obviously there's work to do having a son but it would be very interesting to have a daughter and, and I don't know, figure out how I, I can wait. help her yeah. be yeah. brave and vocal yeah. and strong and know that I also she's think enough. this is like mm -hmm. a hot take, but I, yeah. also, I completely agree with you. And I also see this wave of women that have children and they have these girls and they're like, she's so sassy. She's such a like, mm. and they kind of are projecting yeah. on her that type of energy where we want them to be more bold and outspoken mm. and kind of that anger that we wish we were able to like express yeah. and they're like she's sassy she's she knows what she wants blah blah and you're like she's one yeah you're like does she actually express and exude in that way mm. are we forcing them to be that because we're trying to course correct of like the niceness mm. you know because there's both yeah. like there is like super sweet boys and they're super sweet girls mm. and there's super feisty girls and they're super feisty boys and that's what my dad's always told me right he goes you have to parent how you parent because that's what makes the individual. And if we were all raised the same, we would all be the same. Oh, and then that. the world can't have the sa sameness love everywhere. That. So I agree. And I think, I think what I hope for is that as females, just like this podcast, just like the communities that we're trying to build is we shift the perspective that appearance is our main currency, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
generally, I know until I did a lot of work, the first thing I thought when I saw a woman, saw a friend, saw a new acquaintance is I wanted to compliment her on her appearance. And I've had to unlearn that because that shouldn't be the main currency which we give to each other and that we praise each other for. So that's something that I hope just as a female community, mm. we can just that one little shift could change everything because men get together and they're talking about their wealth. They're talking about their triumphs and accomplishments yeah. and all these other things or even their sports teams. I don't know. But it, women, we are definitely just sheltering ourselves by staying in that appearance bubble which is hard. It's really hard. And I work with my mom through it all the time because she will 100% if her friend comes in has lost 10 pounds. Oh my gosh, congratulations, you lost 10 pounds. What did you do? You look fabulous. Mm -hmm. Little do we know that friend could have been sick and ill or, yeah. you know? Yes. I guess what's an example, like how you've changed how you interact with like your female friends or community when you first see them or meet them? Definitely. I mean, I try and avoid appearance-based, like literally physical things. So if you're still struggling, obviously talk about style, talk about clothing. That is sizeless and very neutral. Expression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, expression. And then complimenting my friends for things other than obviously the way they look, right? Telling them and giving those affirmations that they are creative, they're so hardworking, mm -hmm. they're, the, they're an amazing friend that this is the life of the party. These aren't exact quotes that I've said. I know what you mean. <laughs> they're good. I'll take but, yeah. 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 I accept that. Or sometimes <laughs> even commenting on like someone's energy when they walk into exactly. a room. Exactly. And also checking in with them, seeing how they're feeling because sometimes it could be mm -hmm. conflicting. But yeah, I think that's a really, really, and really good reminder. If you hear your friend talking about themselves in a self-deprecating -de way, you nip it in the bud. Not in a mean way, like you shouldn't be saying that about myself, but you're just like, well, I actually think that you're phenomenal because you just took a ballet class. Like mm -hmm. how brave of you to go in there and do that. Yes. So it's just oh, like that. that kind of language as well. Yeah. I like to always note progress that they've made mm -hmm. where it's like, oh my God, remember a year ago yes. when you were here and Absolutely. you were talking about this yes. and now we're you're here and talking that. about this? Because that's the most important. Like it's like, I can't see myself clearly, you mm -hmm. know? And so I count on my relationships and the people in my life to help me see clearly yeah like help me see what I can't see mm -hmm. and I think when with women it's like how can we really bring that element within our relationships of like I'm so proud of you for everything that you're doing this is mm -hmm. where you were before this is where you are now I was with a friend the other day and she has an amazing company that's like just so baller and I was like what are you doing this week she's like I've got a meeting with Walmart and Target and all these things I'm like that's so fucking insane yeah Carly from Beekeepers mm -hmm. yeah natural I'm like, that is so fucking insane. Yeah, I know. Like when we first met, you like were selling this out of like at farmer's markets. Mm. You had quit a job. Mm. You know, I'm just like, that is mm. insane yeah. to think about. Because I love when people do that for me too. You're for like, because you can just like get in your zone where you're like emails work, mm. emails work, and then mm -hmm. you can't pull up. Yes. So doing that for the people that you love. But I think the community is such an important component. How has your husband impacted your self-confidence? That's a good question. He He's one of the first emotionally kind of intelligent alpha males I've met. Wow, babe. I know they exist, yes. but I hadn't met one yet. And he was very in tune because he went to therapy, you know, and his friends went to therapy and they were just these like enlightened men who actually were accountable. And when we kind of started our relationship as friends, and we were friends for nearly nine months and I really got to know him. 
And he opened up and he told me all of his, he would call them flaws, but I would just call them parts of him. And he told me about mistakes he'd made in his past relationships. And I'd just come out of a very, very intense, heavy relationship filled with mental health issues, even suicidal thoughts. And I'd given myself to that person and had to receive nothing back for a really long time. It was really challenging. And I felt like I couldn't leave because it was just really scary. So I kind of... I, almost like you're manipulated because you're like, something's going to happen if I leave you. Yeah. And I would. I would get phone calls and be in LA and they would be like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, threatening. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm about to go on stage in LA. You're in England. What am I going to do? Wow. So that was, I very much from the day of meeting Philip, I was like, I'm emo- emotionally unavailable. Yes, I'm single, but I cannot. I just need to be with myself and in ba- in, just bring back all the energy that I spent in that relationship to myself. Because I realized there was so many things I didn't do. Mm. Or again, it was a very controlling relationship. So it was like, I couldn't go to certain places or I constantly got those messages. Who are you with now? Why are you there? Da, da, da. And it was exhausting. So wow. I wasn't it's ready. interesting with an eating disorder and when you're a perfectionist, you have that voice inside of you normally. Right. So when you're experiencing a, a relationship like that, it's almost like a voice that you're used to. I think that could be what it is, that familiarity. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm used to being controlled. Yeah, and you can accidentally see that as someone who cares a lot. Of course. Right? That jealousy. That je- And me yes. and Philip talked about that from day one. He goes, I'm weird. I don't get jealous. I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, usually I'm sure you've had exes where you were, maybe wear a certain thing and they're like, oh, I don't want other men to see that cover up. And you might think that that's because they just, you're so special to them. You can't be shared. And the same thing with going places or being with certain people, it's distrust, right? Yeah. But it can be, you can think that it's just like, wow, he wants to be with me and only me and he cares where I am all the time and who I'm with. No. So Philip helped me unlearn that to the point of like, he said, most of my old relationships, I have had g- girlfriends and partners who are a little bit insecure and they thought I didn't care because I didn't check in or ask mm. them where they were or be worried about who they're with or what they were wearing. I was like, this is so interesting. So it was definitely night and day. And it was something to get used to because I could literally go on a work trip for three days and I didn't need to text him back. And he would never ask me who I'm with or what I'm doing. So I was like, oh, wow, I can be in a relationship and feel free. So that was just like blew my mind and still know that I'm loved mm-hmm. and I'm wanted and needed. It took a while and we were friends. And then when I realized, wow, is this what it could feel like being in a relationship with him? Because I was just so scared to go into another relationship and feel trapped again. And so I was like, I think, yeah, I think I want to do this. And it happened very quickly from then. It was like September that we started like dating. And I want to say by the end of October, beginning of November, he was like, I love you. You're the one. That's it. Let's be exclusive. Like, I just know. Wow. I was like, wow. And so when everyone says, like, it's easy when you meet, like, the right person, it really does feel easy. Just And all those questions I've had in previous relationships where I've been having those sleepless nights thinking, I wish she was more like that. Or I wonder if there's someone out there that would do this differently. Or I wonder if I would feel, yeah, I don't have that that self-doubt, that voice anymore. What's something that he has seen in you that you didn't see in yourself but that you've now embraced oh that's a really good one he just reminds me like how powerful I am and the impact that I've had and I think sometimes being in this industry you constantly need wins 
or you constantly need that validation from the outside world of like, oh, Iskra's still getting magazine covers or she's still doing that. And he's very good at reminding me the impact you have had is everlasting. You were, you might have felt like you were just a drop in the ocean, but it created a ripple. And he said, look, these, these agencies would not have these boards. They would not have these models on their boards if it wasn't for you. So he's very much very good at helping me when I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough, mm. which I think as a mom you really struggle with because you suddenly do have a child that takes up 100% of your energy and time and you don't have it to invest in other parts of your career or personal life or even hobbies and passions that you maybe did. And he's just very good at reminding me that I'm doing enough and that I have done enough and that I don't need to prove that to anyone. So that's beautiful. really nice. It's beautiful. But with Saltaire, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had hoped and dreamt that it would go this way, but there was no guarantee. And so again, he supported me with something that was highly risky at a time where it was like, okay, I'm going to pivot and invest all this energy and start this business with a business partner who obviously I got to know very, very well. We, he actually said we're like going to have to date before yeah. and he's a very gay so mm -hmm. it wasn't like Philip felt threatened or anything but I had to really get to know him date him before we went into business together and so yeah even Philip being able to understand that I wanted to take a huge risk at this point in my career when things were pretty stable right it was like this is what I do got clients this makes sense well actually now I want to start this brand with this person and really go for it and be all in and this is what I now want to be kind of like my main purpose and my main mission. Mm. So yeah, he supported me along that journey too, which is, I, I just feel great because- It's everything, yeah. It's everything. I've, I've Unfortunately, I've had friends who were doing one thing. I had a girlfriend who was modeling in her local town and she had a stable income and she got married and they were about to have kids and they had dogs and they had a house. And then one day she said, I realize I actually do want to do acting again and I really want to go for it. I want to move to London and pursue it. And the marriage didn't work. Wow. He couldn't cope. He thought he'd married someone that wanted what he wanted and it changed and he couldn't cope with it. Wow. He didn't want what she wanted anymore and they weren't able to work through it. Wow. So it's like, it's, you want to say, get into a relationship and tell everyone from day one what you want, but what you want will change. So it's really finding a partner that is not just going to accept where you are when you start dating, it's also the person that's going to accept you as you go along that road and maybe take a left turn mm -hmm. that you don't see coming. So I think that I know is a gift that he has this patience and this understanding, this willingness to move with me, even if my direction changes. He's willing to try and like come along too. And I said that from one of our first dates. I said, I know exactly where I'm going, exactly where I want and exactly how I'm going to get it. If you want to come along for the ride, you can but I'm not making any sacrifices anymore. Yeah. I've really given myself to people in an unhealthy way. So this relationship, we're going to be equal partners. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And I think for especially the masculine to allow mm. the feminine to be, yeah, just so in her flow and in her creativity yeah. and, and take the in wheel. her intuition I, too. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the masculine can have that logical, it's beautiful, have that logical approach. And that's so helpful at times to have mm. that structure and that perspective. But to also just kind of witness yes. the feminine, just kind of do her thing and be like kind of in awe of it mm -hmm. is I think so 
yeah, so special and so key. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> because not everyone has that, you know, and yeah. I think it's so important. So with Saltaire, what inspired you to really make that pivot and make it, you yeah. know, your priority? It was like I was saying when I was really lost in that kind of postpartum moment and figuring out what I needed. It was, I was getting sent tons of PR packages, tons of cool makeup brands, skincare brands that were innovative, that were fun. I would open the PR box and I'd be like, wow, they're really thoughtful about their sustainability or their ingredients. And I'm like learning something. And then I went and bought my body wash and it was just the plain old simple stuff in the white bottle, in the white plastic bottle. And I was like, this is really uninspiring. Yeah. And I was like, there's nothing more special to me than doing those moments of self-care where I'm putting on my lotion, having that time where I'm connecting with my body. I'm literally touching my body. When I don't have that, I feel disconnected with my body. So it was definitely when I was speaking to Phil about what I needed, it was like, I need those 15 minutes to get ready. I was like, you know what? I want to be excited for that too. Or I want it to be an experience. I want it to be a spa at home. And so I'm, as I was kind of like mulling that over, I had a friend, Juliana, who's in PR. And she was like, I know you've always wanted to create your own brand. I'm really close friends with Ben Bennett at the center. He's an incubator. And he had the same kind of vision that there was this white space in body care, that it was not fresh and innovative or super like thoughtful with ingredients. And at this time, TikTok is just starting mm. and you're getting all these new content creators that are just everyday people working in Chick-fil-A, coming home and talking about how they smell good. It, it's so interesting. It was like this simultaneous shift. And I was like, people really care about skincare ingredients right now but it hasn't really filtered into body care. Like people haven't really, really focused on what they're putting on their body, but they're becoming aware of it and they're going to need a brand that helps them understand that and educate them and feel good about that. So yeah, we concepted Saltaire. Saltaire is that, that moment of peace, that moment of escape, going to a tropical destination with our fragrances that for a long time people were leaning away from fragrance. They wanted clean to the point of it's like clinical and boring and like where's the self-expression in I see fragrance as a way to dress myself every day like when I walked in the first thing you talked about smell was good. like wow you smell good smell good baby <laughs> but that's fragrance fragrance tells a story and it 100% impacts your mood and yeah, how you feel about yourself it mm. absolutely does and so lavender boring mm. there was just all these boring fragrances yeah. so my business partner's Thai you know, we mm -hmm. talked about how there was these Eastern Asian bathing rituals and it was so indulgent. And it was like, can't we make that more accessible, more affordable and bring that to this market? So, yeah, we leaned into fragrance and I said to him, it just has to be this moment of peace. That's what I want to find. That's what I want to give. That's what I need. And so Saltaire is having your toes in the sand, having the skin kissing your skin and having the waves crashing around you and breathing in the salt air. And it's that like breath in and that intention and those moments that are just for you. It doesn't have to be a big moment. It's literally just a moment for you. And salt air is that peace that I've found obviously with my body after all these years of this journey. And it's the peace I hope every person finds when they can literally stand there on that beach and not be worried about what other people are thinking about their body or what they're wearing or anything like that. It's just that quietness. And so that is really what the products hopefully bring into people's homes. And I'm seeing it, like the reviews. And we got a girl and she was just in her bathroom. She's a college girl. And she was like, I'm be honest, I'm struggling with depression. And I'm not going to say this is going to cure it, but 
I bought these products and when I used them, I felt like I was in a, like a distant, positive, happy memory or I felt like I was somewhere I wanted to be and it helped me just like reset my whole kind of mindset for the day. And I was able to start my day feeling invigorated, feeling like fruity and juicy and positive and happy. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like more than I could ever hope for anyone to make. I was like, do I cry? I was like kind of crying, but she was also being comical. She was also like, Iskra, if you ever stop making this pink beach body oil, I'm going to come for you. <laughs> so she was like a really impactful, deep personal video. But at the same time, it was like joyful and just like, yes, this is, we're on the right track. People get it. Yeah, People get it. They mm. get what Solterre, the importance of it and the hope that when you see that bright, colorful aluminium bottle, it's going to bring you joy. It's going to remind you, let's take those five minutes. You deserve mm. it. That's that sensory experience. And yeah. I think with brands, more than anyone getting so many brands sent to you and yeah, there's a lot out there. I think for me, it stands out when you can feel the intention of a brand. Mm -hmm. It's yep. And I think is the most important part because there are people out there that are just pumping out products and brands and being yeah. like, let's try this, let's mm -hmm. try this. But when you start from a place of just deep intentionality, I think it it shows and it's for the long term. Right. You know, and that's why I didn't take those licensing deals. Oh my goodness. All that my agents wanted at one point a few years ago was me to take these licensing deals. I got offered everything. Gym equipment, clothing, yeah. nail varnish, just sticking my name on something. Yeah. And, and I was just for like, anyone listening, that basically means like if you have a big following, you could white label your name on everything and you're yeah. basically licensing products that someone else is doing. Yeah. Someone else is manufacturing a, them. Yeah. You really don't even potentially so know what's in them. So many people do that. Yeah. I mean, wow. look at Jessica Simpson. Yeah. I will say that's a great success story of licensing. She did that? That with shoe, her shoes? Yeah. Shoes and bags and all that? Whoa, I didn't oh. know that was licensed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's licensed. She's a build. I know. So that's, so she's like a very good <laughs> Dude, example of that. Crazy. She's like the best example she of that working out. She was very early with yeah. that. She was very early And no one did that. shoes and bags then. And home. Wow, she's home too. Bedding, everything. Okay, let's stop. Yeah. <laughs> keep it with shoes and bags. Well, yeah. You guys keep creeping everywhere. Yeah, so that's a good example of it working. And, you know, I've had people say they'd prefer to do that, right? Because yes. then they don't deal with all yep, the things sure. that go behind it. And I've obviously met female founders that have completely self-funded and then had to raise and go into those venture capital rooms and just tell me it is hell yeah. and say, you are so lucky that you went that incubator route and don't have to deal with that. And Part of me had this ego of wanting to do every single thing yeah. from scratch and it just being me and me never sleeping no. and this girl boss. And the first thing Ben said was, he goes, the girl boss movement did such a disservice to women. Mm -hmm. You do not have to do it all, especially when it comes to business. Like it's really hard and there are going to be people that are going to be better than you in different areas of your business and you're going to need them. Yeah. So it was just like allowing me to listen to someone it wasn't patronizing it came from his experience of being in the beauty industry for 35 years and me realizing he's going to help me actually do this yeah on a scale where it's going to have impact and I'm not going to throw the next 10 years of my life away really 24 hours at the back of my garage trying to I don't know create a formula what like yeah. it, that's really tough and there are women who do it and they succeed and absolute props to them it's blows my mind it's phenomenal but you know, I have a newborn baby. I want to have the time. I want to have the boundary and still nurture my relationship. I don't want my marriage to end because I've married my business. So I think there's just so many things to discuss. And I hope that anyone listening to this knows that like, you don't have to give it all up to yeah. succeed in business. You know, 
I really don't want anyone to think that they have to literally destroy every other part of their lives to prove that they did it all by themselves. Like try and get help. Mm. I think a, a lot of women, when we, we speak to whether it's friends or podcasters, mm-hmm. it's like that hesitation to outsource, that hesitation yeah. to delegate, that hesitation to invest in various parts of their business so mm-hmm. that they don't have to be run yeah. ragged. Mm-hmm. And it's so worth it. And it yeah. is hard, you know, I'm very lucky because the incubator had the infrastructure and had, you know, those employees right at the beginning, but hiring is challenging. Yeah. And, you know, even for myself and kind of my personal brand, we call it the Iskra brand, I guess. It's like my social media. Hiring girls and understanding what they need and what they want in this world of like, when you're trying to find someone who's great at social media, who's highly organized, who's highly motivated, comes with, up with fresh ideas and is proactive rather than reactive, they're doing it themselves. You can't find those people because they already have the social media accounts and they're doing it themselves. So it's almost like there's this lack. And there's also the social media managers who aren't doing social media managing. They're creating courses to teach other people about social media management. So there's definitely right now, I feel a lack of available you know, employees and, and people resources to help you in that area of business. So I've scaled back and it's, I'm doing it. And then I have a girl that's kind of hourly that helps me when I need. But it's been interesting because with Saltaire, everything's really well managed. And the, I don't know, people on our team just get it. They know what they're doing every single day. But I've had so many struggles hiring people to get what I do with the personal side of things. Because mm-hmm. if they're doing it, they want to do what you do. Yes. And you don't really want to hire someone that wants to be you. Yeah. Because there's a weird energy. It's like, I want you to be an expert in, I want you in your zone of genius Yeah, in support of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mission and my brand. It's a, it is a funky town. Yeah. It's a funky town. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, especially if it's like an assistant role, it's temporary. No one wants to be an assistant forever. They f- feel like it's a stepping stone and often they treat it like a stepping stone. So sometimes the trust isn't there because you don't yeah. know if they're literally going to just tap out. That happened to me. I did have a great assistant and you know, she gave me like a week's notice and it was like, oh shit. I know. Wow. But yeah. I don't blame her either because, yeah. you know, I, even though there's nothing wrong with being an assistant and I think it, you can gain great experience and I definitely paid my assistant really well, you know, I would have another goal after being an assistant. Totally. So I don't sure. blame them for. Yeah, for sure. What would you, if you had a billboard? Oh my gosh. say anything to the women listening or just it would say anything to anyone, what would your billboard say? I'd keep it simple you are enough. Mm. Just keep it really simple. That phrase, I know. That phrase has helped me get through so many things. The perfectionism, the eating disorder, failures in my business or my personal life, even just relationships, right? Like the times where I've been sat there and, you know, had a partner that's going through such hard mental health things. He doesn't speak to me for three days. I'm enough. I'm enough. Yeah. So I think that's just what I hope for people because I think when you really feel that to the, your core that you are enough, you can show up in any situation and feel like you're enough. Yes. You're enough to go to that, I don't know, new event, new place, new hobby, new gym and go and speak to someone. I'm valid. You know, I'm worthy. And so that I am enough is really powerful for me. Beautiful. This has been so fun. So I'm so good. glad we could do this in person. Same. Right. Thank oh, I'm you. I'm so glad we did it in person. Yeah, I was like, thank you for coming always over. different. We have to. I'm so <laughs> yeah. different. I got mm-hmm. to smell you. I mean, like, <laughs> like. I will say that that's a weird pressure 
owning Saltaire Salt now. Girl. It's like I have to smell good all the time. Oh, sure. Can you imagine if I showed up and someone was like, ooh. I mean, that's <laughs> been us lately. We've been founder of Saltaire. Know, BO. Like, We've happening? been stinky girls lately. I don't know what We need to get is. you some deodorant. Uh-huh. Send some ASAP. <laughs> like, inject it in my veins. It's been yeah. kind of weird, but. This has been such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful for you and yeah. so grateful for your time. And I felt like this was like the perfect conversation at the right time. So yeah. thank you Agreed. for coming in. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Hi, guys. We love you. Thank you so much, Iskra. You can follow her on Instagram. It's at Iskra. It's I-S-K-R-A. She has over 6 million followers. She has an amazing account. It's just beautiful, relatable, and deep. And then her brand is Saltair. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. We appreciate you. You can find all discount information in our show notes. Again, you can learn more about Almost 30, almost30.com. Follow us on socials, on TikTok and Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. You can find me at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. It's Krista. Thanks, y'all. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.